Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former NCAA student athlete and co-host. Subscribe to us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35 and TikTok at AGSpartanFan35. Oh, and one more note before we get started. I'd like to apologize to anyone I've not offended yet. Please be patient. I'll get to you shortly. Happy 2024 to all from the TFS pod. We're back for episode 155, first of 2024. Hope you had a fun New Year's. Um, enjoyed the CFP yesterday. Two really good games. Two years in a row, actually, with really good games after a few years with awful football, um, to be quite frank. So, um, great. We're happy with that. Um, lots to talk about, as always, even though we just did this Thursday, so only five days later, but... A lot has happened since then to discuss podium. Um, we can discuss it later, but I don't want to talk about it now. I, I The Lions officiating did it in for me. It put me over the top with officiating in general. I think officiating in all sports needs a reset, to be quite honest with you. Um, you watch college basketball games. Games are officiated so poorly. Um, Michigan State game, for instance, the other day, 12 fouls in the first half, 32 in the second half. Um, There's no flow. Um, There's no rhythm. It's boring. It's long. The games take way too long. College basketball games should be two hours max. Um, And that's, that's a maximum. They should be like an hour 45, not two and a half, 245. Um, it's freaking ridiculous. And then college football, same thing, just horrible officiating. Um, not These guys are measuring spots when they're like two yards short. It, and like, oh, really, you think so, that he wasn't close? Really? And then, obviously, the Detroit Lions thing, Brad Allen, whatever that hell that loser's name is, gets a, awarded, rewarded for his terrible officiating. They're doing the, the Ravens-Steelers game on Saturday. His whole crew is that joke. Um, we can talk more about that later, but just officiating general sucks. Um, it needs a reset bad because it's kind of ruining sports and making it hard to watch. We'll always watch, but ugh, maybe not as much. Yeah, we've been talking about officiating as long as we've had the podcast. Mm-hmm. We had Ken on here to talk about officiating in particular. It's just it's it's an epidemic, way more than COVID ever was. All right, well, I'm going to combine my podium with our tee-up because, frankly, you couldn't do one without the other. And you know what? I'll I'll give it credit where it's due because I definitely picked Alabama. Credit to Michigan. They made plays when they needed to. Um, you know, they came up big in the game at the Rose Bowl yesterday. But here's my podium in, in quasi, you know, morphed into tee-up. Show some class. Now, that's a little bit, you know, tongue-in-cheek. If it was a question, you'd call it rhetorical um, because Michigan has no class. There's a reason why AA, back started in the 70s, Michigan State, a Michigan State football coach, Denny Stoltz, said AA stands for Arrogant Asses. If you didn't see that on display yesterday, you are blind from the way the Desmond Howards of the world acted to the way um, the Michigan players taunted Alabama. I mean, I saw numerous TikToks of them, you know, just talking trash and whatever else. Like, win with class. I I get it. You don't know how because your coach is the biggest A-bag in the world, um, and he's got about as much class as a piece of dog poop on the bottom of a shoe. Um, But I just – I have a real problem with that because it goes along with what's going on in college football, which isn't really an amateur sport anymore – from, you know, acting classless against, oh, by the way, the greatest football program in college football history. I don't care if you have a thousand wins and 400 of them are against the school of the deaf, dumb, and blind. Alabama has way more legitimate national titles than you, Michigan. They are the kings of the sport. 
act like you've been there before. Have some dignity. Have some class. So between the way they taunted Alabama on the field, the way they taunted Alabama on social media, and here's the biggest coup de grace, the fly the double bird to the NCAA and Alabama and everybody in football to say, screw you, we play by our rules and you just live in our world, was Connor Stallings, that Connor Stallings, with the, probably with his, his Ray-Bans in tow, sitting dead center field behind the Michigan bench and former Michigan players sending pictures of it on social media like it's a fun and games thing. Like, ha-ha, we're flaunting it so much that screw you, you can't get us, we're going to be the natty, and you can't do anything about us. You wonder why everybody, except for Walmart Wolverines and and these some distinguished alumni that are in my family that, uh, that root for you, hate you. You are the Yankees. You are the Cowboys. You are everything that is wrong with with a, a sports team and the way that you act in your arrogance. And that was on full display after you won a, an epic game. No question. A fantastic game. The way that game finished. Unbelievable. Act like you've been there before. A-holes. Act like you've been there before. I hope Washington runs a train on you that you've never seen before. Yeah, um, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, which I mean, which went into the we kind of said you would do a sl- podium slash tee up. Um, I was, and then I would throw in the tee up of these Michigan media persons like Desmond Howard dancing and fanboying on the field. It's like, dude, you're supposed to be a professional. Then apparently he said something inappropriate on the show yesterday. How these and ESPN keeps pulling them. We know why. We're not going to say it here. Um, it's ridiculous, man. I mean, have some class, have some dignity. Oh, wait, you, you don't because you're all a-holes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Arrogant asses. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. Yep. It's pretty simple. <clears throat> all right. Let's go to around the world. Um, Spot number one. Let's do this thing. College football, since we last spoke um, Thursday night. Sucked in bowls. Yeah, not great. Um, I'm trying to where we left off. I think we the Pop-Tarts Bowl was just finishing up as we were Epic. Um, re- recording. Incredible yeah, branding. Yeah, awesome. Um, go Cheese it. Tried to, up, uh, you know... Outdo it. Both both games in Orlando are pretty funny. Yep. Um, the New Year's Six Bulls were yawners. Valero Alma Bowl. Day Bulls How about were that? Yawners. Arizona, good. That was good for Arizona. Uh, beat Oklahoma. Clemson. Alma Bowl is always a good Clemson, game. Kentucky was a good game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemson with the come from mind win. Notre Dame smoked Oregon State, which. Uh, not a not surprise. Half their teams at Michigan State now. Memphis uh, smoked um, Iowa State. A little underdog. Oh, home man. action. Um, and then Friday night, I don't know how Ohio State was a five and a half point favorite in this game. Brown gets hurt early. He was bad, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. and then he was. They Missouri dominated that game from start to finish. Ohio State's got a problem. Um, they they're gonna go into next season without a clear quarterback for the second year in a row. Um, the two guys that played the the other day, they ain't it because if those are their starting quarterbacks in the new Big Ten, they're going seven and five. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have talent all over the field, but good Lord, um, yeah. not good. They need to get a transfer, and they need to get a transfer now. Because um, otherwise, it might be bye-bye for Ryan Day. He, He's a bad guy. Yeah, they say coach, they're not going to dip into the portal, but I, I they're gonna I mean, have depending to. on what's out there, I don't know how well, you that, don't. That quarterback from Liberty just entered the portal, the Salter guy. He's pretty good. The no. guy with a weird helmet? Yeah. looked like a beluga whale. Wouldn't be surprised if they go after him. Um but who knows? Yeah, at least to put in your quarterback room to compete. I mean, the the one guy was a freshman. He played, like, snaps against Michigan State and some other meaningless snaps that didn't matter. But when push came to shove against a very good Missouri team, regardless, well, even coach. even if even if they had their full roster intact, that was not a gimme for Ohio State. Missouri was a really good team. There's no, a reason why exactly. I was interested in their coach all along because they're a good football team. Yeah, they're the Schrader kid is fun to watch. A former D two, you know, former D two player, and then was a walk on tra- <laughs> transfer to Mizzou. And I mean, he's he's exactly. I said to Ryan, that's a guy the Lions need to draft mid draft, fourth, fifth, sixth round. Um, he would fit the the um, Dan Campbell motif one hundred percent. 
Yeah. So that was part one of the Big Ten rollover, which yeah, then which I predicted flip, on the podcast. Flips to flips to Saturday. Penn State. We've called this. We said Penn State's fraudulent all along. They lose to the every good team they played in their schedule, mm-hmm. and it it held true again. Um, was it was it close on the scoreboard? Yeah, I, I, Ole Miss dominated Ish. this football game. Mm-hmm. They dominated Penn State's vaunted defense. Gave up five hundred some yards. Um, five hundred to, to Ole Miss. Yikes! James Franklin is a fraud. Sorry, guys. But here's the one coup. You know, the one coup for the Big Ten. Maryland. They acquitted themselves well with without Tugavailoa. They they won thirty one yeah, thirteen. You know, smoked Auburn. It was yeah, like, Auburn. You know, had Michigan State's hand me downs at quarterback, and you know he had his flashes of two or three brilliant moments this year, and then otherwise averageness and. Everybody, I think, expected Auburn was a pretty decent-sized favorite. That Auburn would just walk in that game, and nope. But that was the end of the success for the Big Ten. Yeah. Um. Well, Michigan's obviously well, successful. Michigan, but um. But then I, I disassociate with how, them. How about their this behavior. one? How about this one? We called it. Um. We said Georgia would absolutely punk Florida State, sixty-three to three. Are you beat their own record for biggest bowl game victory from last year's national title game when they smoked TCU by what, like fifty-eight? So, I I mean, and then Kirby Smart rightly goes on, and he didn't say it in a condescending way. Is like this is not football. This wasn't a game. It wasn't. It was a glorified, not even a scrimmage, like a scrimmage. Their fifth string and red. A red and black spring game would be a better scrimmage. I mean, Georgia guys were live streaming from the sideline. It was that that bad and that out of control. That like was embarrassing. You know, the only way to fix this is to not allow the transfer portal to open until the end of the season. Get rid of free transfers. Put some standards around NIL. Make these kids culpable. Like if you like, even at Ewers, okay, he's he's doing great at Texas, um, but he got a million dollars to go to Ohio State. He didn't do a lick there. I don't even know if he ever he played, played. Maybe he a couple played one series. Um, did he have to pay that back? Highly doubtful. You know, so there's no, there's, there's nothing on these kids to have a, a responsibility to their team, their brothers. If I hear another player say, "Oh, my brothers, my this, my that," Keon Coleman, we talked about, I think last week in the pod, kiss my butt. Like they're not your brothers. You're a liar. Like you don't care about anybody but yourself, and that's evidenced by these guys. And and I, I think I said this last week, but spare me the, oh, but I might get hurt. Yeah, have there been a handful of of guys and some pretty decent players that got hurt and maybe it blew up their NFL career? Yep, that's why you call Lloyd's of London at the beginning of the season and then you insure yourself because guess what, guys, that could have happened at any point during your senior season or your junior season or whatever redshirt sophomore season. I don't buy it. It's selfish. It's horrible for Bulls. And if it doesn't get fixed, it's going to be worthless. Okay, so 12 teams will have pretty fully intact rosters next year because it's a 12-team playoff. What about the rest of the Bulls? Why even have the rest of the Bulls? And that's a travesty because some of them end up being decent games and are you know a good last swan song for guys. It's just as a joke. 63-3. to 63-3. And I mean, Georgia was rolling out their fourth string quarterback, who's the son of, you know, Will Muschamp. Like, I, and I mean, they're just partying on the sideline and they didn't do anything wrong. They just, they went and they rolled it up. Just Florida State should be embarrassed. And, and, and I don't also at the same time go, well, see, I told you that's why they shouldn't be in it. They would have saved some of their guys, but if your team's that important to you, you would play in the Orange Bowl and not hamstring your own brothers by saying, nap, screw you, I'm not going to go play. I, I, it's ridiculous, and that game is an exact example of that. Yeah, not not good. Um, just a, Wyoming, Wyoming, Wyoming kicks a game-winning field their goal. Their coach is retiring, so that was a good way to send them yeah, out. Send them out a winner. Wisconsin actually had a 14 nothing lead. Wisconsin looked good in that game for a while. That was finally the air raid. They threw the ball a lot. 506 um, LSU, yards. That Nussmeyer kid's going to be good, man. He's... He's solid. Yeah, it took L2 a little NFL bit to get going. Receivers. Yeah. Um, really Another blowout, Oregon Liberty. We said that all along. That was going to be a little. Yeah, Liberty. You know, no, nothing, nothing wrong with Liberty. You know, it's a, it's a nice reward for them. But let's also talk about there's like hardly anybody at these games. Oh, yeah. No, it's joking. Well, that's, that game is at 11 o'clock. Yeah, 11 o'clock Pacific, or uh, Mountain Time is ridiculous. Joke. Um, then the Citrus Bowl. 
Iowa's best drive was with a true freshman quarterback that came in and just scrambled a few times. They're so bad. Bye-bye, Brian Ferentz. The best teams in the Big Ten, the the minus Michigan beating Alabama, we'll get to that in a minute, they beat Ohio State, who sucked in their bowl game. They beat Penn State, who sucked in their bowl game and also sucked against Ohio State. They beat Iowa, who sucked in their bowl game. Like, tell me who have they beaten except for Alabama, and I'm going to tell you, had Georgia held serve, Michigan wouldn't have played Georgia yesterday. Michigan would have played probably Texas as the two versus – or Washington as two versus three. Georgia, I'm sorry, is still the best team in college football. Like, that's why next year's playoff is going to be great because a team like Georgia can slip in the SEC championship game, lose the bye maybe, but come in and just absolutely roll because we're seeing – Hey, two great games. Ryan said it in his open. Two really good games. Unfortunately, we were in bed by the time, you know, it was halftime of the Washington-Texas game because why they have to be so damn late on a work night, I'll never understand. Another topic for another pod, and we've talked about it before. But, um, you know, I, I think George is the best team that I've seen so far, and it's a shame, you know, there's a good chance, at least 50-50 chance, Michigan's going to win the national championship, whether they get it taken away or not soon after remains to be seen, but um, it's it's just a shame, and no no offense to Alabama, Alabama was a good team, like Saban said in his press conference, that's probably the team that's made the most improvement from week one to the end of the season. They just didn't have the the typical Alabama fuel in the tank at the end to pull off the plays that were needed. Um, but yeah, I mean Georgia, we we saw what they put on. They put a little notice out there that we're still the best. Right. I mean they've lost one of their last thirty one games. Yeah, they're they're the real deal. Um, so we talked talked about that Michigan game a little bit. Yeah. But. Um, I'm so – can I just say this, too, and then you can talk about the Michigan game. Spare me the J.J. Yeah, he's got a really good winning percentage. In Michigan scheme that game well. They got well, Alabama con- They got coaching. Alabama confused. That was coaching. Those passing yards are yak. Those are yards after catch. And they have a really good offensive line, and Blake Corm is a really good back with a low center of gravity. J.J. McCarthy is an average quarterback. He made a couple of above-average plays. One was – Saving it later in the game on the flea flicker that I think saved them a field goal opportunity. Oh, no, they missed the field goal. Um, the other one, which was actually a su- super athletic play, was when he caught the backwards pass. That would have been a scoop six early in the game. Um, I-, I don't want to hear that he's one of the best quarterbacks in college football. He's not. He's Jim Harbaugh 2.0. He's good. He wins games. He manages games. He's not going to win games. If it comes down to a shootout next week against Washington, he will not not win because he cannot outshoot a really good quarterback like Penix. He just can't. And the throws that he makes, on his first throw, it bit him, but they got lucky that the guy's toe was out of bounds for a split second, a second before he caught it. And let's not forget, like, for as, as... kind of average maybe as that Bama team was compared to Bama teams of standard playoff um, ilk. Michigan got every bounce in that game, minus the one muff. The, that late muff, we're talking, we're, else we're talking that, about that, death threats to that player. That ball, that ball, any other time, no way. It checked up like a wedge when, yeah. it, when it bounced, when it landed. If that thing it takes a bounce, if it's – Rotating a different way, that game's over right there. Yeah, and they lose. Yeah. It, they got. The I mean, I talked there. about the two JJ plays that were made, where mm-hmm. you know he saved Just fumbles. Inches. It's a game of inches. It's a game of inches, and Michigan got every break. And sometimes that's what happens, and sometimes that's you know, I'm not going to say it's the God shining down on you because it's the devil shining down on Michigan because they obviously sold their soul to get to this point. But um, you know, again, hats off to them. They won. It was it was a really yeah, good they're game. they're a really good team. They you know, are. Alabama lost, I'll say, in part because their center can't snap oh, it above their quarterback's ankles. Um, I think that threw him off and rushed him on the last play. If you look at that play from behind, at first you're thinking, why is that a quarterback draw? It really wasn't. It was an RPO, and he had a guy busted wide open panicked. out of the backfield, and he panicked with the low snap. Um, it would have been an easy touchdown um, had he had a normal snap, I believe. But anyway, um, the other game was a great game. Up till halftime, and then I got up this morning, and first thing I did while the shower was warming up is looked at the play-by-play at the end to see how did it go. And Wisconsin or Wisconsin Washington kind of got out to a lead, 
and then held on for dear life. And Texas had three shots at the 13-yard line late um, and couldn't convert, you know, a touchdown and, and an extra point, and they, went, they end up winning that game. I think those two teams are super evenly matched. Um, Texas has Fun nothing, to watch. To, nothing to hang their heads over. I think a lot of those, a fair amount of guys will be gone, but I, a lot of those key players are going to be back. So I think Texas definitely is going to make some noise again Texas next year, back. albeit they got to do it in the SEC next year. So we'll, we'll see the differences there. But Penix is a stud. Um, let's, let's go there. Penix is an absolute stud. And here's the difference between Penix and Milrow. Penix, first of all, has six years of experience. And Milrow, this is his first year really as a starter. Penix, um, Penix knows how to slide up in the pocket, and he gets the ball on his receiver faster than almost any quarterback in college football right now. Like he gets one step up in that pocket and he's got a ball 15, 20 yards downfield on the money in a guy's position to catch and run. I mean, and he's got incredible talent and receivers too. I just got a thing that says their running back who got hurt late is going to play too. That's so that's good. Yeah. Well, um, he, the throws that he makes and the accuracy has, that's in the 99.9 you know, percentile. If he doesn't have a career history of, Knee injuries in particular, he is hands down, I believe, the number one pick it, in the NFL it's, draft. It's, it's hilarious because how funny is it that four years ago we sat in the Spartan Stadium and that man completed 20 passes in a row. We're like, who the hell's this guy? Like, we'd never mm-hmm. heard of him. He was a redshirt freshman. We're like, this guy's really good. And we're like, eh, whatever. Then the next year he leads Indiana to their best season ever in the COVID year. And then he gets hurt, dinged up. Shows up at Washington. Kalen DeBoer has been a godsend. For he him. can he can spin it, and I'm telling you, I, if he didn't have the history of injuries, I would pick him over Caleb oh, Williams. Uh, he's I would amazing. pick him over Drake May. I would pick him over every quarterback that's in the draft this year. I mean, based on the talent, the arm talent, the accuracy talent, and all those things that you look for in a quarterback, his ability to kind of feel the pressure and get it out there. He's more talented, than, in my opinion, than any of the other quarterbacks. He's a really good leader. He is. Too. Maybe, maybe Jaden Daniels is a little bit special and unique and a unicorn because of the way he can run the ball. You know, he's a skinny version of Lamar Jackson that way, but he doesn't have the arm strength that Penix does. So NFL caliber quarterback. So it, it, I think it'll be a good national championship game. We'll come at you next I week about so. about this time, and and we're gonna obviously hope that Washington. Wins old old Big Ten versus new Big Ten. Yep, the, the um, all Big Ten game. Huh? So you know, I just I, I just, I, you just hate to see good things happen to, to horrible people. And so I'm sorry. You can call me what you want for being a Big Ten fan and not rooting for Michigan. There's no, no. way in hell I would root for no Michigan way. ever. Well, and then the you know you bring in the. The media shtick. Oh, they've gone through so much. Harbaugh. Oh, the adversity these guys face. This is all self-inflicted, guys. Right. This is your fault, Jim. This I mean, is again, why. This team. They're a very good team. They're very together. Um, they've rallied around each other. I get that. Like, awesome. But they they're playing victim to stuff that they self-inflicted. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But nothing new. I've got nothing else. Um, I don't think. I'm trying to think if there are any big portal things. I don't think so. Um, no, it quiets down a little bit because school is going to start up again. It closes so. tomorrow or at midnight. All right, spot two and Big Ten Power Rankings are presented by Norris Sports Group. <laughs> NSG is a boutique agency of experts with 30-plus years of experience in sports sponsorships and much more. Learn more about them today at norrissportsgroup.com. Not much has really changed in the last five days since we last came on for the podcast. Um, so I really... I, I don't have much in the way of, of changing my, um, you know, my power rankings. Although I will say Michigan is the worst team oh, after losing to McNeese State the other uh, day. McNeese State's decent, but good I, lord, doesn't matter. You don't lose to a team like that. They've lost two of those um, games. You know, so maybe flip flop Penn State and Michigan at the bottom. Um, I think Michigan State's moving up. Michigan trending. State trending in the right direction, despite you know the the fears incident that we talked about. Did we talk about that last week? Yes. No. Yep. Did that happen? Yeah, that was... happened right before Christmas. Oh, that's right. It was right before Christmas, yeah. So, um, yeah, my holidays all mixed together. Um, so, otherwise, you know, pretty much stick to it. I mean, it's going to be really interesting if Illinois can hang on to the two spot that has been in my power rankings. Beating Northwestern right now. With the loss of uh, their absolute stud player for, you know, sexual assault, which is horrible. Um, Wisconsin looks pretty good in a victory over Iowa tonight. They're very good. I still have them ranked number three. Iowa, I had 
12th. I think Iowa, Rutgers, Minnesota, Maryland, they're all kind of interchangeable in there. I saw Nebraska ahead of Michigan State mostly just because, hey, you know, they deserve it because they're 11 and 2 and they beat us. So um, I think it's starting to kind of clear out a little bit, though, who's going to contend, who's definitely going to fall in the middle, and who are the few teams that can make a little bit of a run at the top. How many teams do you think the Big Ten's going to give them? Like seven? I don't don't see any more than that. Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, probably Northwestern. Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, State, maybe Nebraska, maybe Nebraska, Nebraska, Maryland, maybe one of the two. I mean, Maryland's nine and five now, right? Yeah, one and two in the Big Ten. Not Penn State, Michigan, Rutgers. Michigan no, might make the CBI. Iowa. I mean, they're zero and three now in the Big Ten. So yeah. I, yeah, it's just seven, maybe eight. It'll be, and you know, unless there's a surprise in the Big Ten tourney. Yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be weird. It's 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 a level playing field. Purdue is really good, but you know what? You never know. And now we're you know now we're into the into this conference play, play basically from here on out. Yeah. I mean, except for like the the Big Twelve SEC challenge, which is kind of fun. They do that in like um, the middle of January. That's always a good time. Um, yeah, Rutgers, Ohio State tomorrow. Indiana, Nebraska tomorrow. Yeah, some... Michigan State, Penn State uh, Thursday. Michigan, yep. Minnesota Thursday. Illinois-Purdue this weekend, Friday. That's a big one. That'll be a big one. Definitely watch that. Uh, Nebraska-Wisconsin Saturday. That'll be a good game. Yeah. Ohio um, State-Indiana Saturday, too. That's another too. good one, yeah. Michigan State-Northwestern Sunday. Yeah. yeah so it's you, some, it's, the Big Ten's loaded with some fun games, at least. That's good. Um, every night, there's always something. That's why I love college basketball. Every night, there's there's something on there's the TV. Some, yeah, there's something some on the tube. Um, it'll be fun. Um but yeah, it, but shows you how crazy college basketball is. Arizona, really good team. The Pac-12 is it's it's okay. It's not great. They went to Stanford the other day and gave up like a hundred points and lost. It's like what what is going on? Like we when we played them, it was like these guys might not lose this season, and they've lost a few. Um, kind of hit the skids here, but we'll see. It'll be a fun season. It's obviously two a little over two months until Selection Sunday, so in all of conference play to go, so it'll be a good time. I don't think I have anything else college hoops-wise if we can can move on. Oh, to... we can move on to spot number three, hodgepodge mailbag. Um, don't really – didn't get anything from Mitchapalooza coming off of holiday break. Uh, nothing from Chris. Um, it's kind of tight on a uh, – or tough on a tight timeline. Yeah. Um, you know – mailbag wise obviously we love your questions and such so send them in so we can go here and hodgepodge though and we can talk a little bit of golf because yeah, the season officially starts 24 elevated event fun tournament to watch Kapalua. course that i've played um <clears throat> kapalua you know they they tear the place up par 73 but it doesn't matter the views are incredible it's an awesome uh, golf it's course it's an awesome golf course and it's the 30 what 30 or it's all the winners from last year right yeah, as well, then there's some other guys, and it's, minus I think it's a 59-man field, excluding McElroy's not playing for some reason. Um, but, yeah, it'll be fun. Um, loaded field. Um, should be good. Um, I just saw the, the groups, um, some marquee ones, um, as always. That course is just beautiful. The elevation change, the views, mm-hmm. um, some, some really long holes. Like that last hole is like 600 and some yards, but it's straight down a hill, which makes it really cool. And it drives like 400 and some it yards. It comes into play usually at the end of the tournament yep. for a chance I mean, to did win, last year. win the tournament. did yeah. last year. So, yeah. And a few years ago, if you recall, Cam Smith broke the scoring record, um, just went nuts. I think he shot like eight under every round. <laughs> shot like 32 under crazy um and morikawa choked on a huge lead yeah, last year biggest 54 hole lead choke job um ever um by one colin morikawa um you have a couple guys here i'm gonna go i'm gonna at. go with morikawa i think he's gonna be out for a little bit yeah. of redemption i'm gonna go morikawa and shoffley yeah, i thought you're gonna say I, I also have morikawa um i i agree he's a <clears throat> he's he likes hawaii um and you said you said Shoffley. Um, yep. Okay, I like that. Um, I'm going with another S. Um, Big Sep Straka. He's a birdie machine. Oh yeah, he definitely. And is. he can hit it far. I think he can tear it up. There's a lot of guys I think that can play well in this though. Um, hopefully he'll go down to Sunday night. That'd be fun. That would be fun for sure. I 
I, I read a bunch of golf stories lately. Ryan and I got a chance to play The Sim. Thanks for the good Christmas present. Play Where did we play? Royal Portrush? Yeah. That was a hard course. I broke 100, but we also, didn't, hard. we also didn't. We played with automatic two putts, so I'm sure I wouldn't have had all two putts or one putts. But but anyway, um, yeah, excited that golf is starting back up. Yes. You know, give us, gives give us, us something else to kind of fill the gaps. Um, it's going to be a great, you know, January into February, and then you get into March Madness, and you know, then you kind of hit the doldrums a little bit. But um, get get some hodgepodge to us, get some mailbag questions to us. We're happy to answer them always. Um, you know, I think we're covering a lot of other stuff and in, in other mm-hmm. ground in our in our regular segments. But um, yeah, funny. I'm looking back at my notes from last week, and and in my good, bad, ugly of 19 or 2023, you had. I had at the top of my the bad list the officiating overall. So yeah, yep. we definitely need to fix that. Um, and a, an article that just came literally just the came eligibility up. thing. Yep, I'm gonna cover that when we talk about the NFL. So screw the NFL. Uh, all right, so that was a quick segment there uh, for the, around the spot number three. So now a word from our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realty will help you find the home that fits your wants and needs, and they make the process simple and fun along the way. The Anders have served thousands of clients for 30 plus years in the West Michigan area and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. Spot number four, um, state of MSU hoops and football. Yeah, a little round. How much up. has really changed in in football? Um, I mean, you got Mangum announced today that yep, he's coming back. Um, Jaden, you know, they're big running back. So, I think you're kind of filling some depth needs, Ryan. You mentioned a guy. Some guys from Oregon State entered the portal that are would be big gets uh, receiver, offensive lineman. Both will probably be highly coveted. So um, if Michigan State can get one of those guys, great. If not, um, still looking for some guys, which is good. Probably need another um, quarterback. You know, just to, we yeah, talked about grad. that. Get a get they a grad followed guy. some guys on Twitter. I know that are older quarterbacks. So give you, give you somebody that can compete with Childs, and if he needs, you know, if he gets hurt or whatever, can come in and give you a guy. I mean, because you don't want to put that kind of pressure on the freshman. Obviously, Smith played Childs as a true freshman this year, so it's not beyond him to play the guys next right. year as true freshman. Um, but that's not the most ideal as your backup. You don't want to have that kind of a drop off. And I mean, hey, for that matter, Childs is young. He's only a sophomore, so He's only 19. it wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad thing to have kind of a veteran in there that you know is like a Russo type that you know is okay holding the clipboard, so to speak, um, if push comes to shove. But yep. but will come in and, and can compete for the job too. It takes it takes the right type, right? Like you can't you're not going to find somebody and be able to tell them, hey, you're going to have this job. Because you're very clearly going to be coming in and as the second string guy, unless you do something otherworldly in spring ball, um, you know, or in in fall practice. But I'd like to see that, and you know, Michigan State fill a couple more gaps, maybe get a couple more good recruits, and when the regular cycle ends, you know, it's funny when I was young, the regular cycle was one cycle. It was February. Um, it just makes no sense that they cram so much stuff between transfer portal and the first early recruiting and all that stuff so early now. I mean, all these kids are rushing to leave high school and skipping their prom and skipping the fun. Like, dude, just give yourself a chance to grow up. Football's not going to go away. It's not It's not going to not be there. Like, go just finish out high school, behave yourself, keep working out. It'll be fine. Trust me, it'll be fine. Yep. Um, Basketball-wise, got – First chance to see the Spartans in person this year against Indiana State. Very good mid-major team. I would not Ooh, want to face in March. They, are um, they shoot watch. the piss out of the ball. Their guards move a lot, uh, tough, and they're fairly not young, but they've got a lot of juniors. Like that's a team that if they stick together, and there are a lot of transfers to begin with, they could be around for a couple of years. So yeah, they're they're fun to watch. They're tough. They shoot well. They move the ball well. They defend really well. Um, Michigan State really could have used fears in that game. From a defensive standpoint, but I, you know, especially because Hogard is, for me, I don't, I'm tired of Izzo saying he's a good defender. Maybe it's because he's trying to get it out of him. He's not a good defender. He could be, but he's not. He's lazy. So it, loses it took Holloman and Akins to really, really focus to kind of finally shut them down a little bit at the end, number two in particular for them. Um, Madi had three plays in a row where he had elbows for hands, hung his head, and Tyson Walker showed me some leadership, pumped him up just a little bit, just something pretty subtle. I saw it at the time, and then Ryan noticed it on video afterwards. 
too. And then all of a sudden, Mahdi had a bunch of like man's rebounds to close the game. Like that's what Michigan State needs. They need Kohler back. They need Mahdi and Cooper to defend and get rebounds and get a couple buckets. They need Akins to keep playing like he's playing. He's shooting the ball better, and he's playing well on both ends of the court. He's Gary Harris, Charlie Bell, whatever you want to call him. Tyson's Tyson. You know, he didn't actually shoot all that well, but he got to the line a lot, which is great, although he took a beating. Hogard is playing really well on offense, so I'll give you that. Um, and Holloman didn't score as much, but I, I think he, awesome defense. he does a lot of other things for them. And I know Tom is much harder on the freshmen, and he'll say, see, that's why freshmen are freshmen. I just – I just think he likes to shorten the bench in a tight game, you know, as the season goes on. I thought Carr played pretty well. Yeah, did he make a couple mistakes? Yes. But I also thought it was honestly probably one of the best all-around games I've seen Malik Hall play. And that was with really awesome. That was with foul trouble too. Yeah, he played he played really well. Focused on both sides of the ball, rebounded well, passed well. Um yeah, that good was good chance. Was I mean, to watch. Northwestern's losing by two touchdowns, thirty-five to twenty-one, with five forty to go in the half. Good, good chance for Michigan State to get two wins and get back to five hundred in the Big Ten by beating Penn State and then Northwestern on the road this weekend. Yeah, that'd be big. That would be really good. Get, next to, get to ten and five, um, and then you know, win the Big Ten. That's not really my concern. I, I always look at I I just want to be in the top four in the Big Ten for Big Ten tournament seeding because that's where you can improve your overall NCAA tournament seed. I mean, I think they have an outside chance. Like, they only play Purdue once, and it's towards the end of the season. Um, you know, I think their schedule is decently favorable. But, it's not bad. Um, you know, I just want to see them c- continue to, to go on this track and steadily improve and, and hopefully stay injury-free because they can't afford to, to lose another point guard after Fears went down, that's no. for sure. Yeah, they got to stay healthy. But playing playing a lot better, um, focused on both sides of the ball, um, taking care of the rock, rebounding a little better, shooting a little better, I think that helps. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, only time will tell. Um, the boys in green. All right, NFL time. Now, what a, what a weekend. I, I, I'm going to say my piece on the officiating thing, and then I'm going to. Ryan's usually our resident <clears throat> NFL guy. Maybe we can cover playoff scenarios and, and stuff too. But so, if you don't know what happened in the Lions Cowboys game, you're living under a rock. Go look it up and then listen back to this part of the podcast. The officials flat out screwed that they, up. They, I mean, yeah. Troy Aikman and Joe Buck both called it like they saw it. They're like, at first they didn't necessarily see in them when they saw the own replay of, of um, Decker going out there and, and declaring and the official screwed up. He, because Skipper had been the one that had been declaring himself eligible the whole game. He made an ass out of you and me. He assumed that it was Skipper. He didn't listen. He claims he didn't hear whatever that it was Decker. If you go even look at afterwards, and look at the way they were lined up. Skipper was basically in a guard spot on the line. Um, so Cowboy fans are like, well, we would have covered him. Maybe you would have. Maybe you wouldn't have. Oftentimes you get tight ends that leak out on the same type of play that they scored that two-point conversion on. Um, but here's the thing. This is what pisses me off. Is that the NFL official and the officials never own their mistakes. And here's the best example I can give you. Because this is the closest to the robbery that has happened to Detroit sports fans before. Go back, flashback, however many years ago that was now, 10, 12 years uh, ago. Yeah, it was 2014 um, playoffs. No, 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 The not that, the Tigers, Jim Joyce. Oh, that was 2011? Perfect maybe? game. It, it was the 28-out perfect game. Yep. Like, Jim Joyce blew that call. In today's day and age, with replay, they would have overturned it and would have been a perfect game. At that point in time, it wasn't. He called the guy safe. He was clearly out. Replay showed he was clearly out. And he was distraught. And he publicly owned it. He publicly apologized. And, you know, the Tigers really had a nice show of sportsmanship after the fact with the pitcher and, and so on and so forth because the dude said, look, I'm human. I screwed up. I'm really sorry. I ruined a milestone thing in your career. Probably the best thing that would have ever happened to you. And honestly, it's probably why he's the pitcher's remembered is because of that. Fast forward to last week in the NFL and the officials, and this is not just in the Lions game. Like, in fact, I saw a really interesting, I don't remember if I sent it to you, Ryan, or not. I saw a really interesting TikTok about some guy who was like, I'm getting the very loose story. He was an entertainment lawyer that fought for whatever to help the, say that the NFL, you know, was, couldn't be considered a monopoly. 
basically by claiming that it was an entertainment thing and that the it, in essence the gist of this story was that based on the way that the NFL is set up as an entertainment thing like WWE is what it was compared to is they can pull strings and write scripts you see in TikToks all the time about like oh here's the script for this weekend script leak they blow calls oh, often no. this one was egregious but what pisses me off is this this came out the NFL sent a, teams a memo on Tuesday reminding them of proper protocols when announcing players as eligible receivers in the wake of a blown call by referees during the Lions-Cowboys game. So what they're doing is they're blaming the Lions. Never mind the fact that Dan Campbell, before the game, as coaches always meet with the officials before the game, drew up for them, hey, if there's a two-point conversion, this is very likely that this is the play we're going to run. This is what the formation looks like. This is who's going to be eligible. He presented that to them. Again, Dan Skipper does it often, reports. You know, Ryan and I always say he's going to be a big man touchdown at some point in time as a tight end. They're going to leak out. But then they did the opposite. I get it. The guys make mistakes or whatever. So here's my point. Freaking own it. Don't send a memo and blame the players. Rex Ryan did a great job of just saying bullshit. It's not on the players. A lot know, of, on this. A lot of, a lot of guys former guys. The, like. You know, defense. this is the NFL's statement. It's the responsibility of the player to be sure that change in status is clearly communicated to the referee by, by both a physical signal with the hands up and down the front of the chest and to report the referee his intention to report as an eligible receiver, said the NFL's senior vice president. Garbage. Because the best we can tell on that video, that's exactly what Decker did. He didn't want to draw a ton of attention to himself. There's a reason why Sewell was out there. There's a reason why... why um, why is his name escaping Skipper. me now? Skipper was out there because it had been Skipper and they wanted to confuse Dallas regardless of the referee making the right call. Like, but it's always been Skipper. You know, would it have worked? Who knows? We'll never know. Um, I, I just, I have a real problem with that, that he says that Campbell covered it pregame, that Decker clearly did it. And that they're still coming out. No apology. No, hey, no, look. Because they, it's Detroit hey, we, we screwed up. Our bad. We made a mistake. The refs are going to be punished. They're they're going to sit the rest of the year. No, none of that. I'm telling you, most civil, level-headed fans would say, "Fine, you made a mistake. We're all humans. We make mistakes. You apologize. I accept your apology." By doing this stuff, you're throwing salt in the wound. And the next thing time it happens, it's going to be worse. And the next time it happens, it's going to be worse. And it's going to be worse. And it's going to be worse. And it's going to be worse. It's going to be like the blown pass interference in the Ram Saints game. It's, I mean, I, I could go on and on. There's tons of calls this year. And no, I'm not talking about the blatant offsides in the Chiefs game because that was the right call. This was clearly the wrong call. The ref screwed it up. All he needed to say is, guys, you know what? My mistake. I, I, I heard Taylor. I looked at Taylor, but it registered me with Skipper because he had reported several times during the game. I screwed up. I own it. I messed up. Be a freaking man. They can't do Period. that. Though. I mean, it's a, Period. it's a joke. Um, it's in and, and the thing is that penalty flag was dropped forty seconds after the play. Was oh over. yeah, yeah. When the totally. Lions were celebrating, I mean, they got a the phone in from New York saying, "No, no, no, we need Dallas to win this. You need to call this." We need Dallas. We need this bullcrap Ring of Honor. The Yankees, the Cowboys, the Lakers, Michigan football, and Duke basketball are all on the same wavelength. Yep. Media darlings all. for God knows what reason. No one yeah. cares. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it screwed lines out of maybe even. Yeah, and, and that's why that's why it's such a big deal is because of the ramifications, right? Like especially with Philly losing. Detroit would have had the two seed. So that means two playoff games at home. Now you got to win your first game. I get it. I understand. And and it means two playoff games at home. So it means the comfort of home. It means your home crowd. It means more revenue for Ford Field, for the family. I mean, there's all kinds of business ramifications there too. And a city starved for it, but you would much rather re reward it to Dallas the way that it behaves. It, it's, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's just, it's gross. <laughs> It's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, it is. It's bad. What good? I hope. I hope we play Dallas again. I want to beat them because I know we can. Oh yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Yeah. So you want to look at the NFL playoff picture? Uh, I mean, we, yeah, we can. We can talk about it. Um, that part of the game aside, the Lions, you know, were not mistake free. They had some execution things. 
hey, Hutchinson, who's been a dog, I think, all season, played really well. Um, The Lions ran the ball well. They made big plays. Um, Hey, Dallas is a good team. Look, they've won, like, how many games in a row? A lot of games in a row at home. And usually they they double up opponents. They've outscored opponents like 40 to 20 at home. So Lions acquitted themselves well. Very arguably outplayed the Cowboys. So that that bodes well for them. Um, let's look at the AFC. There's three available spots. Uh, Ravens have clinched at one. Currently the Dolphins are two. Chiefs are likely to stick at three. Browns um, are, at the, are in the fifth spot. Yeah, Those four teams in. are in. Um, the fourth spot is really up for grab between three teams, Jaguars, Colts, um, and Texans. Texans. Um, currently Jags, Bills, if it were done now, Bills and Colts would be in, but Colts play the Texans. So that's a de facto yeah. Bills, elimination The Bills-Dolphins game. game is for the AFC East, so that could be, I mean, that's... The Bills could change. be anywhere from the two seed to not even make the playoffs. That's pretty Is that crazy? crazy? They have a 94% chance to make it. But. They do, but I mean, it's it's... Pretty crazy that, the way well, that, you, that Colts game versus the Texans is when you're in. That's, yeah, well, that's, that's a pretty when awesome. you're in. That's awesome. Um, you know, the like we've covered where the Bills are, the Texans, the Steelers can still get in. The Steelers have played really well yeah, with Rudolph they at quarterback. Help, they need help, only 29% at this point in time. Um, you know, had a nice win last week at Seattle. Yep. Uh, they play the Ravens. Are the Ravens going to dial it down because they're locked in the number one seed? Maybe. They might. Um, but do they want to hand it to a division foe to get in? I don't know. Um, you know, so you're looking at, you could have three teams. It's three teams from the AFC AFC. North, Yep, which is crazy. Yeah. Chiefs got back on the right track. I Um, I still don't think they're, I I still don't think they're all that great either to tell you the truth. Um, the Dolphins have kind of hit a little schneid, but yeah, they got I'm thinking the Bills are going to win that game, honestly, um, the way they're playing. Um, they've been really good. Um, NFC, Niners are locked in um, as the one seed. They're apparently only going to rest a few guys, um, which is interesting. Dallas plays uh, Washington. I mean, they're going to win that. I mean, they should. Um, Lions play the Vikings. I, I think the Lions are going to smash the Vikings just to prove a point. They're going to be pissed off. Yeah, I think off. they're angry. Um, Eagles and Rams are also clinched. So Eagles could get up, slide to the two, could be the three, could be the five, whatever. Rams are locked in. I think they're resting starters from whatever because I don't think they can they can go six or seven, I guess. Um, and then Buccaneers and Packers are still in the hunt. Um, and then Saints and Falcons are still technically in it, but they both suck. Sorry. If, if Tampa wins, they're in. Um, Seattle needs to win and need the Packers to lose. Vikings would need a lot of help. Um, the Packers win; they're in. They play the Bears. I I can see the Bears have been playing well. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they have um, been a little better. Um, but good lord, uh, I think it'll be the Packers. The Lions will either play the Packers or the Rams. Um, I think that's yeah, that's a lock. It's going to be one of those two. And which so which one do you want to play? I don't know. I I think both have their perks and both have their. I have my worries um, with the way the Packers played the Lions last time. That worries me, but I think they're a loose cannon. They can play really well. They can be terrible, as we saw the Lions smoke them in Lambeau um, earlier this season. Um, the Rams, I, I I don't know. They're not the Rams that won the Super Bowl two years ago, but they still have Matt Stafford, a really good, good receiver. It might be Green Bay, honestly, but I don't know. We'll see. I think the Lions. I, I think they can. They can win against either, but it could be a challenge. Um, it'll be fun though. This week will be very fun. I'm excited for it. Um, anything else NFL wise? Um, how the could have teed up? I forgot about the stupid ass owner of the Panthers throwing his drink on someone. At, oh yeah, yeah. We definitely could have teed that guy. That, up. that guy's an imbecile. He is. Oh. He's trash. David Tepper. He's horrible. You have anything else? Nope. I'm good. All right. We can go to sprint. Um, first sprint of 24. Um, you think that Dan Campbell has changed the analytics game for good? Well, I mean, I think like ESPN is big on the analytics or, you know, whomever uses the I think Fox and CBS, the NFL typically uses like the AWS. AWS analytics. I mean, I think more and more people are seeing it as 
not just brazenly flaunting, you know, what's tradition and custom. So I think maybe the more people see him have success, does he have success every time? No, obviously. I mean, the Lions had two other chances um, to go for two, and should they have kicked the extra point is debatable. I, I think they had nothing to lose by going for the win at that point in time because, you know, there's no guarantees in overtime. That's what my argument was for not going for the extra point, even when they had the, the penalty, you know, and they were back on their own seven. Um, but I think the more people see Dan Campbell have that kind of success, I think the more likely it is to change, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, why are this is rhetorical, but why are people in power so stupid? AKA the NFL, the people who run the NCAA, politicians—they're in it for themselves. It. Yeah, they, they, they only—they only care about money in their pocket. What current NFL coach would you want to go have a beer with? Current NFL coach that I'd want to go have a beer with? Dan Gamble, bar yeah. none. Yeah, I mean, Dan not even Gamble. close. Like Dan Gamble. The only other. Uh, Interesting character, I think, truly, is Miami's coach, but he's a freak bag. Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah. Not Harbaugh? No. No, no I'm kidding. Uh, who's your breakout golfer for 2024 on the tour? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think Aberg. I could see. I think he's going to get a couple wins. Mine's Gala. I think he's going to get a mm-hmm. few wins. I can I think see Gala too. I think he's going to win a signature event. He's I do. a nice player. And makes a noise in majors. I, I do. He's, he's getting better. Um, I like his game. He's fun to watch, and he's very humble. All right, that's 155, um, the first of 2024. That's crazy to say. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Let us know if you have any questions for Mailbag or any topics you want us to discuss in the future. We would be happy to do it. Playoff picture will be nailed. Oh, baby. National champion will be crowned. Go Huskies. Um, plenty to talk about. Get your questions into us. Meantime, in honor of a big hot topic today on the pod, as Bill Shankly once said, the trouble with referees is that they know the rules, but they do not know the game.